Welcome to All Road 65 Max Radio, where the road ahead gets brighter as we journey toward truth, traveling through our dreams and inspiration into a new reality. It's time, and your ticket is waiting. All aboard All Roads Lead 65 Max with Pamela Henderson. Greetings. Thank you for joining me on BBS Radio, All Road 65 Max. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson. My focus is my mission statement to help create a quality of life through social growth, inspiring Jews to become leaders by establishing partnerships with corporations, nonprofits, donors, sponsors, volunteers, the community, and abroad. My special guest today is Elisa Contour, who supports cautious fashion, consumers who want to build a healthier wardrobe, and fashion professionals that want to build a healthier fashion business. Elisa offers methods and ways fashion can be used as an alternative health remedy as long-term modern wellness trend. Fashion is to be used to support the mind, body, and spirit. Elisa says, fashion for your health is to revamp the body, mind, and soul. If we are healthy, we are happy. We can make fashion do the work for us. At last, thank you for this interview chance, Elisa, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Pamela, for having me on your show. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. And thank you for that intro. It was really beautiful. Oh, thank you. So tell me, I am so, you are one person I am totally interested in because I'm in fashion too. So we have a bunch of things to talk about. I want to retrieve some information. But first off, where you grew up at? And what inspired well, you to become who you are today? Okay, that's a good question. Um, I am actually originally from New Hampshire, and I lived in New Hampshire for many, many years, but I moved to California when I was around 18 when I went to college. That was many years ago. I'm 36 now, and I really fell in love with California, and I had moved back from New Hampshire, and then I traveled a bit. I lived in New York and Michigan and also Northern California, but then I ended up moving uh, to San Diego, and I'm stationed here in San Diego, and I really love it, and I just love the, the culture here and everything that is the whole energy. Uh, there's a lot of energy here in California that you can't find in anywhere else in America. Well, New Hampshire is my roots, and I did grow up there. And basically, there's two things that really kind of got me involved in fashion for health. And that is my spiritual life, which I've done lots of yoga, lots of energy healing work, lots of meditation. I used to live in ashrams and monasteries in different parts of the U.S. And so I have this spiritual background. And then I did go to fashion school, and I've worked in the industry, fashion retail management. I've also done lots of entrepreneurial work, like fashion show production, fashion designing, fashion branding, fashion marketing. I've done... uh, a lot of different things, also fashion, visual merchandising. I kind of moved around a lot because I wanted to learn different things. I It's just my personality. It's part, part of my personality. Part of what you find in healthy fashion is there are many different pieces that make fashion healthy. 
and you don't have to incorporate every single piece that makes a uh, garment and a look healthy. You can just incorporate a few pieces yeah. and that will make the garment healthy. So there's just, there's so many different parts of fashion that I have connected with lots of fashion series, uh, lots of ways where I could identify w- what a fashion garment is by designing and making my own clothes. That was one specific piece of how I could find a way to make fashion healthier. Yeah. So who do you follow in a fashion industry? Um, in terms of internet, like, yeah, you know how we always, we all have someone that inspires us a little bit. We may follow a little bit to get some ideas and things of that nature. Do you have anyone that has inspired you or you follow just to keep up with the trend of what's going on? Well, I recently see, I actually tend to do research and then I'll find someone that I am inspired by and then I'll just move on. So the most recent person that I, fashion person that I've followed was Andre Leon Talley, the uh, former creative director of Vogue. And I had just read his book and I, unfortunately I found out that he has passed away. Oh. However, mm-hmm. yes. However, he Sorry he's that. not dead. You know, he's his fashion lives on. His personality and spirit lives on. Absolutely, through the book, especially it's through the book. It's working his even on his social media. He has a very strong personality, and he really gave a lot to the fashion world. So yeah. right now, I'm I'm a little stuck on Andre Leon Daly. But I tend not to follow too many um, people, like fashion people on the Internet. It's Mm -hmm. just not really my style, but I will always pick up on specific things. Right, right. Totally get it. Yeah, there's a news article on a fashion person, and I will check them out and I will research but for so, for social media, my social media account doesn't really work correctly because when you start accumulating so many people, you don't really, you can't really follow someone. You can't really like follow them because they're lost in the feed. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That you probably so have that problem too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, even though I do have a Facebook, but I have come to have my own, well I am really promoting my own brand and I am I feel good like I had created on my website the Sapphire Journey monthly news letter I do have you know patreon.com and I have my BBS radio so I'm really focused on what I have created and the platforms that I have um, moved forward to make myself known and um, I'm very comfortable I'm very comfortable so yes I totally do understand so I'm going to get right to it what do you consider to be the greatest strength and weaknesses in the fashion industry well it's a really good question and yes we will talk the fashion industry trends and Mm -hmm. I do believe uh, right now, we have an issue with synthetic fabrics, and I do talk about this a lot. Uh, it, we have this abundance of polyester, acetate, rayon, acrylic, which is taking over, you know, uh, perhaps 90% plus of the textile industry. And this all started in the 1930s with the chemical companies. DuPont, Bayer, Monsanto, and whatnot. And right now, we're dealing with this real toxic, polluting industry. It's taking over as number one, excuse me, number two 
and one of the most polluting industries in the world. And the reason is, is because we're using the petroleum oil. And what I have found through research and through just my own experience, I believe we need to move towards 100% plant-based instead of synthetics. It's completely possible. We just have to use multiple different types of plants in multiple right. different ways, meaning, you know, aquatic plants, desert plants, farm plants, wild plants, uh, different types of ways we can do it. And we also need to build our machinery and textile developments in order to make it less yeah, labor-intensive. So with the synthetic fabrics, I find that there, there's a lack of breathability. There's, there's definitely a lack of breathability in our skin. The largest organ needs to breathe. We have to truly believe that these fabrics could be suppressing our oxygen. And in many cases, you'll find with highly sensitive people, they're just becoming allergic to polyester. And this allergy is because it's not allowing the skin to breathe correctly. And I, I still wear synthetic, but they're typically on the, the third layer pieces and so that my body can still breathe and it's not uh, tight. But I also wear spandex with about 8% nylon. And mm -hmm. I love my spandex. I choose the ergonomic piece behind it. And ergonomic is the stretch and the movement that is behind the spandex. But right now, they're actually developing a 100% bio-based nylon. So there's oh. definitely developments. Yes, the new trends that are rising is uh, lots of different technologies. There's cactus leather there's uh, pineapple leaf fibers. They're making fabrics out of lotus, uh, natural bamboo linen, nettle leaf, rami. And they're also taking some innovations with creating uh, textile dyes, like algae uh, textile dye. And wow. what we're doing with this whole idea of going plant-based, and this is just a part of the puzzle, but it's a large part of the puzzle because we have a lot of waste, too, on this planet with the landfills are just full with all yeah. of this polyester, uh, and you can't really burn polyester. You can right. burn plant-based. You can, you can burn plant-based fabrics, but you can't wow. really burn plastic without, without creating some serious uh, carcinogenic Toxins, which mm. there, which has been found in several types of fabrics. So I would say also with the COVID moving with more comfortable clothing, we're getting into the minimalism, the athleisure, and, you know, sophisticated office attire can be, can be happening, yet we have to improve our fabric. So instead of, you know, say a, a two-piece suit that is, really, really tight and restricting, we can use a jersey net. And this has been done. Coco Chanel was the designer of the jersey net two-piece suit. And it looks just as sophisticated and just as formal as a woven two-piece suit. And even if we did design with a woven suit, we could cut on the bias and that would give it some give. And we really have to play with the ergonomics here. The wow, ergonomics that's of design. Good. Yeah, we have, yeah, we have to play with the ergonomics of design. We have to make people comfortable. We have to not um, have to sacrifice for fashion. And lots of times I've done this in my own life. I've sacrificed for fashion. I've been uncomfortable simply to look good. And I think everyone does it once in a while, if not daily. Yes, <laughs> we that. do. <laughs> yes, it, just, it does happen. But so, I believe uh, we have a design uh, way of intelligence, and 
We have to make garments that look good and feel good and not just look good. And that's where with a lot of these garments, we so, Elisa, yes. Yeah. So, Elisa, I know we could go on and on, but I have more questions. So, yes, of course. you say healthy fashion offers methods for your health that combines that combines. So, you're really elaborating about that now, right? Because that's all part of healthy, healthy, healthiness, right? The healthy fashion methods. Well, with with the methods of fashion, we have fashion in its for the physical form, the physical attributes of fashion that can heal. We also have fashion that is for our mental health, fashion can, that can cure and treat you know, emotions and the energy body, as well as the spirit body. So what I actually do is I break it down into not just fashion for mind, body, spirit, but mm-hmm. the five bodies. Fashion for mental health, fashion for emotional health, fashion for spiritual health, fashion for energetic health, and fashion for physical health. And each piece, that's why I feel, that's why there's a whole holistic, all-encompassing view of fashion and how fashion can treat us three-dimensionally. Because as a three-dimensional human, we... We need to treat fashion in multiple different levels in order to be able to attain the healing and the health benefits. Yeah, that is true. You also have stated, Elisa, that there's so much pain and suffering in the world, but fashion can be the tool to promote and create healing, health, and overall balance and harmony. And before you answer that, I have to agree with you because I also am putting, you know, branding ourselves with our fashion and our motto speaks for what we believe in. And that is healthy fashion and 65 Max Apparel promotes aspirations and your vision to prosper. So we had my husband who was the person that came up with the slogan and the theory. And his, it's so unique because in 2008, when the economy had crashed and he worked for Oracle Corporation And I was at United Airlines at the time, but here he is. We both had got laid off after being at uh, companies for over 10 years. And he has stated, you know, I am going to control my own destiny. And as him and his friend was driving on the freeway, he had looked over at the sign and he said, I'm going 65 and beyond. (laughs) And so we came up and he came up with 65 Max Apparel because he loves fashion as well. And um, so, yeah, I totally agree. But can you explain more about your statement about the pain and suffering in the world and how fashion can be the tool to promote and create healing? Yes. Uh, and I just like to say, um, I will have to check out your brand. Uh, I believe I did not, wasn't aware that you had a brand. I'm so sorry about that. But that sounds like That's such okay. a lovely title. That's a lovely Thank title. You. And I, I, and I, ha- I did take a look at your Instagram and you, you are very stylish. I will say that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, you're welcome. So fashion for health, we can um, touch upon cosmetic fabrics. And this is going to be a future trend as well, is putting uh, herbs and minerals and oils, healthy oils and treatments in fabrics. And one specific example is Earth Therapeutics gloves, where they put aloe vera in the gloves for a hand treatment, spa treatment. And so when we create these fabrics um, and we add these 
additional elements like, say, seaweed powder. I know that there is a European textile brand, zinc, the, mm-hmm. the, the mineral zinc, and seaweed powder to their pencil. And this is an additional benefit for the skin. And it, when we do these topical treatments through fabrics, this is going to be a definite help for our body because it goes right through into the pores, right through into the bloodstream. So wow. cosmetic fabrics, yeah, cosmetic fabrics is definitely going to be uh, a future-specific piece for treating the body uh, and treating it physically. And when we wear these treatments on the body, it's going to feel comfortable. And when I talk about the comfort, I also mention tactile fabrics, fabrics and tactility. Uh, We all kind of focus on wearing fabrics that really help our body. And there's a whole market of tactile therapy for as an alternative treatment. And we can use these fabrics, some of them to stimulate the skin as well as soothe and comfort the skin. I know bamboo is a really uh, nice, soft, supple fabric. And there's a host of other ones. Uh, Even a hemp cotton blended fabric is really soothing. So we're dealing with... uh, fabrics that can really treat the body and as well as the energy body. And I'm talking the auras because we have the, these different uh, energy centers and depending on the type of fabrics that we wear, it can, they can actually purify and promote the energy body. So I'm sorry if I got off track with what your That's question okay. was. <laughs> Excuse me. So with another, uh, would you like me to talk about another specific example of fashion for health? Yeah, go ahead. We got, yeah, give me one more. Yes. Okay. So um, I will mention that fashion, and we didn't really talk talk about much about unhealthy fabrics, but it's not just about synthetic fabrics. There's fabrics that can really be egotistical and control and be of limiting value for people. But when I talk about fashion for the spirit body, I believe that we are coming into a new age, a new age of ascension, a new age of living, a new lifestyle and part of that is really letting go of some of the evil and the demonic control on this planet because it's biblically it is said that there's a lot of uh, serpentine energies on this planet. So when we're coming right. into this new age, we're sort of bringing in the higher energies and the focus of divine and really having just a better life. So when we have yes. a better life, you know, I, I believe you definitely know what I'm talking about. I, I think you had mentioned that you are a high priestess, correct? Uh, hi, yes, I am. Yep, yes. So Consider myself that, yes. <laughs> yes, you are a high priestess. And when we wear our garments, you know, we can connect with those energies and connect with that soul being in presence of who we are through the types of designs and decorations and the types of colors and fabrics and how the garment is placed on the body, how it fits, how it moves. Every little detail about a garment is a form of art and a form of expression, and it can really express this high priestess self that you are and you don't even need garments to know to know who whether a person you are high priestess absolutely you don't yeah but it definitely can be a fun way of expressing uh and sort of suggesting 
that. Yeah. So let me ask you, because I know we got a couple of minutes here, but I want to get into just a minute or so about you have a book called Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truth. Tell me a little bit about your book and how we can purchase your book and where to purchase your book, I should say. Yeah. So um, my book, Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truth, is available on most all online fashion, excuse me, online bookstores, especially Amazon and whatnot. But this book is really delving into fashion in like every single direction. It gives you a, a little piece of everything and we talk about, um, excuse me, I talk about, <laughs> I talk <laughs> about fashion and politics, a fashion as a universal fashion, how we're, we're getting into universal fashion for, for the world. And we talk about fashion, even I talk about fashion with the Ascended Masters, how the Ascended Masters have dressed. Fashion in how there's lots of different greenwashing things, but there's four parts specifically. And part one is healthy fashion for the mind, body, and spirit. And then part two is I talk about unhealthy fashion. In part three, I talk all about plant-based fabrics and dyes, the future of plant tech fashion. Wow. Plant, okay. Yes. Yeah. And then one more part, <clears throat> one more part here. Uh, part four is the plant-based fashion guide and a healthy wardrobe and a healthy fashion industry. So it really concludes a lot. It really is for the fashion business professional, the fashionista, the fashion enthusiast. People who love yeah. fashion will love this book. Oh, man, you have to talk further. So I know I'm, I'm just at the end of our interview. Is there any last, anything else you would like to say before we go? Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been quite a blessing. I really enjoyed talking with you. I think that we were able to touch upon lots of different things about fashion and fashion for health. And yes. when I talk about healthy fashion, I really truly believe it's fashion that is advanced. So fashion for the future. So if you want to learn about the future of fashion and you want to tap into some of those really futuristic advanced methods, I would definitely let you know that this book is for you. Okay. I am going to absolutely purchase your book and I'm absolutely stay in contact with you because I'm totally interested in your services and everything. So I, I mean, Alisa, it was a pleasure having you on my show and I do look forward to chatting further. And I thank you again and good luck on your endeavors, but Make sure you know that I am going to be contacting you. And thank you. Thank you so much, Pamela. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate your support. Yes, ma'am. Talk soon.
Greetings. Welcome back to BBS Radio All Roads. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson. My next special guest is Dr. Brooke Brim. Known as the Minister of Mind, Body, and Spirit, Dr. Brooke uses self-exploration exercises such as yoga, mediation, aromatherapy, creative expression, healing culinary arts, and healing herbs as useful to lead thousands of clients and students to their own self-healing, including when it comes to food. Dr. Brooks states, berry picking is a great activity to do on Earth Day. We get to connect with the earth and the food it brings us and it deepens our respect for our home. Once we are done with that fun activity, we come home and make strawberry shortcake. At last, I want to say thank you for this interview chance, Dr. Brim, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you having me on. Yes. And how are you doing, Dr. Brim, and where are you from? I am currently in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm from New Jersey originally, and I'm doing well. Good, good, good. I am going to get right into it. You are such an inspiration for me because I am, um, I would say, vegan, pescetarian, but I am into plant-based foods. And you say- I call that plant-dominant. I call that plant dominant. Okay. We have always eaten animals. It's totally natural and normal. Why did you become a vegan? Uh, Well, I started this plant dominant journey about uh, 30 years ago, and it was mostly influenced by my grandmother being vegetarian for 50 years. Um, It was also influenced by my religion at the time. I was Seventh-day Adventist. I'm not any longer, but I was at the time. And it really was about keeping my body temple in great shape and, you know, promoting longevity and just feeling great. Um, So when I say that I've been plant-dominant for 30 years, I have either been vegetarian, pescatarian, vegetarian, plant 100% plant-based like I am now, raw plant-based. So it's been a a very interesting and amazing journey for this 30 years. Wow. Yeah. What are you allowed to eat being a vegan? Because it gets really confusing because I've met some people that state they're vegan, but certain things may have a little bit of something else in it that's not vegan. But what are you allowed to eat being a vegan? The thing is, number one, I don't call myself a vegan because being a vegan is more than just about what you eat. It's Mm -hmm. about your political stance and it's about a lifestyle. So maybe you wouldn't, um, it's about your, your attitude towards animals. Maybe you won't wear leather. Maybe you don't want anything to do with anything that interferes with uh, animals, or maybe you bring animals into a sanctuary. So it's bigger than what you eat. So what I like to say is that I eat vegan food. Now, if you're going to eat 100% vegan food, there's some confusion that people have about what's included in that. So dairy, we don't eat any dairy. So that's no cheese, no milk. You know, we use only plant-based cheeses, only plant-based milks, plant-based cream cheese, and uh, I even discovered the other day a plant-based blue cheese. Yeah. Um, we don't eat any honey because that is, um, and, and this was the biggest stickler, I think, for people uh, and where the confusion comes in because honey is touted as very natural and everybody loves it. And But if you're eating 100% plant, uh, vegan food, then you wouldn't eat honey because it interferes or it has to do with animals, um, and that is the bees are the yeah. animals. Wow. So you eat vegan honey. Yeah, so another thing you don't eat is eggs and, of course, meat. Not even, so brown, not, not even brown eggs? No form of eggs? No, because they come from chickens. 
Okay. So yeah. if you eat the eggs, then you would be a vegetarian. Okay. Okay. So there's a lacto there's a lacto ovo vegetarian, and that person eats eggs and they eat milk and cheese. And then when I first started this journey, we used to the term vegan is not something we used. Were you strict vegetarian or regular vegetarian? So if you were strict vegetarian, you ate like a vegan in that you didn't eat eggs or cheese or honey. Um, and then the term vegan is, vegan came around early, early 2000s, I believe. And uh, so then we started using the term vegan, but it used to just be strict vegetarian or vegetarian. So if you eat brown oh. eggs... Mm-hmm. Um, cage-free eggs, all of that, you are a vegetarian. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, because I do eat brown eggs, and but my cheese, I, you know, plant-based. Mm-hmm. The only thing I do eat also is fish. Mm-hmm. But everything else, no. Oh, and I do eat honey. But what you just told me, wow, that's, yes. that's another lesson. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't eat and That's sugar. the reason why I like, I love to use the term plant dominant because uh, okay. I think that we're all part of that meatless movement to varying degrees. So it's a spectrum, right? And mm-hmm. we sh- I feel like you shouldn't just believe that veganism is the only way because as right. with you, and as I've lived many different ways over the 30 years, really, and it depended on what was available, you know, what was convenient, what I could, what I could do in terms of self-care at that time. So if it was going to be too much for me to go way across town to get the only plant-based cheese that was available at that time, then I would start eating real cheese, or I would go without any cheese at all. You know, so it really just depended on what what I needed to do to take care of myself at the time uh, with the idea in mind that being 100% plant-based was my goal. Now it's so much easier in this world to get so many different plant-based milks. We used to have to go so far and buy a huge case at a time. Uh, now we can just pop over to the store and there's like a whole wall of them. There's three or four different options. You might even find two or three options in Walgreens, you know, in your regular drugstore. This is how prolific it is these days. So that's why I just love to use the, the, the word plant dominant, the term plant dominant, because it just encompasses uh, anyone who is being a part of the plant, dam- uh, I mean, the, the meatless movement in any way that they are. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And now I'm at the point, um, I stopped eating beef and pork when I was uh, 17. And so mm-hmm. I was just eating chicken. But the older I had gotten, the seemed like the hormones in chicken start messing with me. So in between mm-hmm. my diet, or I was probably confusing myself because I was trying to really let even... Um, that was the time I was letting turkey go. So I don't need turkey, no mm-hmm. form of turkey anymore. And I start getting certain types of different um, plant-based little meats. And I was trying it. But before I let you go in, in a little while, I, I want you to give me some, um, because not all plant-based tastes good. You know, and I'm really looking forward without wasting money because it's a little expensive. And I, mm-hmm. I, I need some suggestions what brand to buy. But also, where do you get your protein from? Well, okay, so really good questions. Um, number one, all vegetables have protein and they have quite enough protein right. uh, mm-hmm. for, for humans. They have enough protein for us. So we don't, that's not a concern. So just as long as you're eating your vegetables, you're going to get plenty of protein. Okay. To eat the meat substitutes, they def- obviously have protein, so you're getting extra protein there. But as long as you're filling your plate up with vegetables, you're, you're good with the protein. Now, in terms of the brands that you're asking about, well, things have really progressed quite far with plant-based foods. So... If you look at the brands like Beyond, Impossible, Emerge, um, 
uh, Gardein, they have all created um, items that are really tasty. So if you wanted to mimic a fish fillet, you could get the Gardein fish fillet. It's really good. If you wanted to mimic um, a burger, you could mm-hmm. try the Beyond Burger or the Impossible Burger or the Emerge Burger. Um, so there are lots of different choices. Again, the hot sausage by Beyond are really great. The breakfast sausage by Impossible are really good. So if you're yeah. really trying to get that meat flavor, you definitely mm-hmm. want to go with the newer products like Beyond, Impossible, Emerge. Um because they're going to have, they're really going to mimic, and also uh, Incognito by um, Morningstar Farm. They just created one as well. So they're really going to try to mimic that meat taste. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I do. That's what I do um, eat now is Beyond, and it is. They do have some great meat products. And I just start eating, I think you did name one of the brands, but it's a, like a, it's a sausage link and it's hot you can get them hot and mild and it is a new brand yeah that's, Little that is beyond. Yeah. that's beyond still mm-hmm. yeah yeah that really, is beyond yeah really good, really good in, in, the, um, in the air fryer okay okay that is great so Tell me, now I want the interesting part, and I want to say thank you so much because you sent me a couple of recipes, and I am going to try them. But tell me about, which is my favorite dish, it's about your recipe such as Love's Gumbo. Tell me about that. (laughs) Okay. Well, here's the funny (laughs) thing about the Love's Gumbo. Okay, so Mm -hmm. Love's Gumbo is actually a relationship book. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is not right. a cookbook at all. It's the first book okay. that I wrote, and it was about um, helping people to get involved with, I mean, to stay in long-lasting relationships. But I would get all the time that people felt like it was a cookbook, and they'd be like, oh, my God, I love gumbo. This is great. Oh, I'm a big <laughs> fan of gumbo. This is my favorite food. And so I was like, okay, that is a fail on that book title because people keep thinking keep thinking that it's about food. Yeah, so yeah. That, yeah. that's kind of funny that you brought it up now because <laughs> it really is about relationships. It was my very first book, and it was about relationships, and I think I wrote that. I released it in 2011. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, now that is a good, that's a good heading. It really is, and you're absolutely right <laughs> no, because, like, I not grew up relationships on gumbo. Is not. <laughs> what did so I think that's what we're paying attention to. Oh, gumbo. Yeah, we always like a good recipe, which is so simple. But now, if you if you'll go on my Instagram page, you mm-hmm. will find my recipe for gumbo there. I have made a vegan gumbo on my recipe page. So, okay. um, I'm on, on my Instagram page. I'm sorry, on my Instagram page. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have to check that out. So, tell me about your nonprofit, Brook Brim Ministries. Tell me about that. Okay, so what I um, started this ministry, I'm a metaphysical practitioner, and Mm -hmm. I uh, was riding along when I came. I had lived in Atlanta since 92, and I moved away for five years. And when I came back in 2015, um, I heard on the radio that uh, the women in Atlanta uh, are amongst the highest in the least amount of support and feeling, you know, having measures of self-care and just feeling supported. And so I was like, well, I really want to help. This is a big issue for me, so I want to help. Um, and then God just kind of made the way. I um, Someone asked me to be a facilitator at their retreat, so I did yoga. I did self-discovery because I, I have written my own program on women's self-discovery and women's um, self-exploration. It's also for couples, too. So I took that program and I was facilitated my first retreat for someone else. And then I just started doing my own retreats after facilitating about two for other people. I started doing my own and I think I'm on about number 11 for mm. retreats. I think nine okay. of my own and 11 in total. Um, and so really that's what that's for. I try to make the retreats extremely affordable um, I definitely provide scholarships on every retreat that I do. There's a scholarship. Either everyone gets a scholarship, and that's a deeply uh, reduced price. So 
some people go for free, um, but it's all about supporting women, giving them just that respite, that time to refocus, reevaluate themselves, and to come back and emerge stronger than they ever have before. A lot of the attendees from my retreats have done things like going on to get their PhDs, started businesses, uh, had children, um, just did them. Some of them had to get divorces, just things that they needed to do, that they really desired to do, that they really needed a moment to pause to do, write books, um, so many things, get awards, you know, do award-winning work, so many things that the attendees have done since going to my retreats, and I really do attribute it to just like a woman getting that opportunity to rest and not have to worry about caring for anybody else for, a, for, you know, sometimes it's just one night and it works. Sometimes it's a weekend. Sometimes it's five days. We're going to Jamaica in October, and that's going to be six days. So it's just like getting that pause so that right. you can restructure and really figure out what you're going to do. We provide the meals, spa treatments, a good time, self-exploration, so they don't have to think about feeding anybody. They don't have to think about caring, any, caring about anybody else. It's just all about getting into themselves, and they really do emerge as new people doing huge things. I could just go on and on. I I can't even think of all the wonderful things that they've done after that pause. Right. That's empowerment right there. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. Thank you for that. That is empowerment. Absolutely. Tell me about the book, Vegan Soul Food Holiday Recipe. Okay, so that particular, I have a platform on Mm -hmm. Facebook. We are a vegan soul food community. Uh, We just recently reached 400,000 people. So um, back when I wrote, yeah, it's pretty big. Back when I wrote that book, The Vegan Soul Food Holiday Guide, I had said to the group, I think at that time we might have had 40 or 50,000 members. I don't know. I said to the group, hey, let's do a... Uh, you know, a holiday guide for members who are feeling a little nervous about cooking a 100% vegan meal for the holidays. And they were like, sure, sure, sure. And then no one submitted a recipe. And the deadline was coming near, and I had to have a cookbook for the, the community. So I started writing it myself. When I got towards the end, a couple members submitted a couple recipes. So we have in that book about four recipes from members. And my mother and my sister helped me to... They gave me the recipes of our traditional meals, and then I veganized them. Um, and that was the, that born. That was the birth of the vegan soul food holiday guide. Wow, that is that is beautiful. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I am. Thank you. Yes, you know, Six Five Max Foundation offers mentor internships to help at-risk mm-hmm. youth, 12 to 24 years old. I teach and help build customer service skills that are needed no matter what profession or career you pursue. I am girl empowerment as well. And I believe mm-hmm. in my heart that if you are given the right resources, you can overcome life challenges and obstacles to shine amongst the stars, as my friend Les mm-hmm. Brown says. I am always open to discuss the truth and offer the resources through my foundation. And one of the program modules that I have included that I love to share is healthy living and not necessarily as being a vegan because it goes on and on about so much, but just about getting healthy in, in your diet and being able to eat certain things that um, can keep you feeling, you know, that energy and everything. Cause sometimes, you know, meat wears you down. And mm-hmm. as you said, I have, you know, I've been, to places where at barbecue and I was like starving and I had to make a choice and, but I had to eat a piece of breasted chicken and I swear that was like the best piece of chicken I had. But because I have not found a vegan product, which I feel right now I'm going to plant based food and that's what I have been eating. What, as you stated, the, the chicken products, 
that you suggested, can I still like emerge or beyond? Do they sell chicken products like that too? I, I think beyond does, but it wasn't that good. I think, uh, beyond and impossible sell chicken nuggets. Now, if you don't have a problem with egg whites being inside of your mm-hmm. chicken, um, corn makes a really great chicken that tastes a lot like chicken breast. And that's Q-U-O-R-N, corn products. Okay. They're not one of, uh, they are, some of them are vegan, but most of them are vegetarian products. But they do taste really great um, for chicken. Um, and also, Gardein makes a good chicken as well. Okay. And that one is Beautiful. vegan. Beautiful. Yes. That would help. That, that, that would, that would totally help. Thank you so much. And I know we have talked a little bit about this and you expressed the difference, but can you elaborate just one more time for me between the difference between a vegan and a vegetarian? Because in my form classes, they ask me that, and I'm really not that educated about that, but I'm glad I'm talking to you because you can educate me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I'm going to start with the overview. So I would say anyone who is part of the meatless movement is anyone who's kind of stepped away or stepped back from any kind of meat. So let's just say you've taken, you've decided not to eat beef or pork. Or you've decided you're just going to go meatless with just like beans and rice or, you know, meatless on Mondays, meatless Monday. I consider you part of the meatless movement. And then let's go a step further. And let's say, so you've eliminated chicken, turkey, beef, pork, but you're still eating fish and you're eating Mm -hmm. seafood. What we call those people are pescatarians. Pesca is from the Latin or Spanish word pesca fish. So pescatarian. So if you eat fish or seafood, we consider you pescatarian. Now, some pescatarians uh, don't eat egg or milk, but they eat fish. Mm -hmm. And some people call those pescavegan, but that's kind of like a street name. It's like a, it's not an official term. So a pescavegan because they don't eat dairy and they don't eat eggs. And then you have a vegetarian and a vegetarian may may not eat fish or pork or beef or chicken or any of that, no meat at all, nothing with a face, but they eat animal byproducts, which are eggs, cheese, milk, dairy products, you know? And so then the next level is a person who doesn't eat anything with a face and they don't eat any animal byproducts, and that includes honey. So they would eat agave and maple syrup and uh, plant-based dairy and plant-based eggs, plant-based mayonnaise, thing like, things like that, plant-based meats, or just all vegetables and fruits. And then you also could go another layer, and that is with people who just eat raw fruits and vegetables and nuts and legumes. Well, sometimes they eat legumes, but mostly they eat raw fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, and so they don't eat any processed foods. So there's just many different layers to how you want to eat. And really, I think it's just best for a person to get in where they fit in and decide what they want to do. And, you know, play around with the different levels. Go up and down. And if you don't feel comfortable, then keep something completely eliminated. Like if you no longer feel comfortable eating chicken or beef, then just don't even consider it anymore. But if you still want to eat fish, sometimes go all the way vegan and then sometimes, you know, go back and eat your fish until one day you don't want to eat fish anymore and then you're completely vegan. You know, so it's it's all different kinds of ways. You could be an alkaline vegan. It's it's really just, it's all about choosing the path of health for you and not letting anyone else decide what that path is. Absolutely. I totally agree. I like the pescatarian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yes, I That's do. Good. And you also have a a very long time. Yeah. Okay. You also have a plant-based beef replacement of recipes. Tell me about this recipe or your book. Is it a book or a recipe? It's a recipe. What what, what is the the name? Uh, I use Impossible Burger Mm -hmm. or um, Beyond Burger or Emerge Burger, any of those to replace beef. 
So if you want to make like a gyro salad, you want to make a uh, chopped cheese. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but like in the New York area, they go to the bodegas and they get these chopped cheese sandwiches. Well, um, you might want to use Beyond to replace that, or you could use portobello mushrooms to replace your beef. All kinds of mushrooms will replace beef, really. You can make beef stroganoff. You can make... Oh, really? um, Oh, yeah, with nice hearty mushrooms, portobello, uh, baby bella, shiitake. Yes, you can make a mushroom etouffee. You can make mushroom stroganoff, mushroom burgers. Mushrooms are a great way to replace beef. Yeah. I do eat my uh, black bean uh, patties that, you know, I make burgers Mm -hmm. and everything. But I'm going to have to get to your retreat because I know we got some goodies and some good food. You know, mm-hmm. and I love trying It's always that. really good Never. food. It's nurturing mm-hmm. food because it's part of the right. healing process to have that nurturing food. Wow. So tell us, how can uh, someone um, purchase your book and how to contact you if have any questions or anything like that? Well, all of my books are available on Amazon in hard copy form, without any pictures, any no color. And that's the least affordable, most affordable option. You can get those on Amazon. If you just search my name, Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E, Brim, B-R-I-M-M, you will find all of my books there. And you just click on my author page and you can find all my books there. I have a relationship book, what we talked about, Love Gumbo. I have yeah. um, a Love God Herself, which is Yoga and Mindfulness for Black Women Who Follow the Christ because that's a spiritual book from me being a minister. I also have a journal guide to go with that and three cookbooks. Now, if you also, if you would pr- prefer to have an ebook that has video and has colorful pictures, then you can go to my website, brookbrim.com, and you will find my ebook uh, for one of my cookbooks. I haven't gotten ebooks for all of them yet, but I do have it for one. It has videos inside. It has colorful pictures. And that was a little bit more expensive because it takes a little bit more to produce it. But, right. you know, you can watch the videos there. You have colorful pictures. And it's just a lot more interactive. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. It has been a pleasure. Dr. Brim, is there anything else you would like to say before we go? The only thing I would like to say is that it is my mission to love the world, and the way that I do that is by honoring and supporting and giving women the respite that they need because I know that any woman that we help is actually supporting about 20 people that we don't know about. So as long as we lift her up, we are essentially lifting up the world. If you want to um, find out more about my mission, you can go to brookbrim.com. You can get check me on Instagram at brookbrim. And, of course, you can check my vegan soul food recipes and instruction, vegan.soulfoodie on Instagram. Beautiful. It has been a pleasure having you on my show, and I thank you very much. And I look forward to purchasing a book. Well, readers, I have reached my destination. I am a award-winning author of the new book, A Journey of a Sapphire. The book is about a girl who overcame adversity on her journey towards success. I hope to inspire others who are or who have gone through obstacles and challenges to never give up on your dreams and to learn how to recognize behavioral problems. You can purchase my book at journeyofasapphire.com, also available on Amazon, Journey of a Sapphire by Pamela Henderson, and on Kindle. I hope everyone will have a great day, and I leave you with this quote. When you eat animal products, you are directly consuming high blood pressure, stress, adrenaline. You are eating fear, grief, and rage. You are eating suffering, horror, and murder. You are eating cruelty. And this is by Instagram, Veganity. Thank you so much and do have a blessed day. 
Thank you for listening to All Roads 65 Max Radio with Pamela Henderson. Join us every other week on Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on BBS Radio Station One. And please visit allroads65max.org and become a volunteer or sponsor and be the change you want to see in this world. With your help, we can make a difference in our society and uplift those who so desperately need our help. Thank you for tuning in.